air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. In Major League Baseball, John Morosi of MLB.com is reporting that the Brewers are among the teams showing interest in Mets starter Noah Syndergaard. Milwaukee is also known to have interest in Syndergaard's rotation mate, Zach Wheeler. Wheeler has also shown up on the radar of the Boston Red Sox, along with other teams. Phillies manager Gabe Kapler said on the radio on Wednesday that Jake Arrieta is still scheduled to start this weekend against the Nationals. Arrieta had a meeting with Phillies doctors this week to determine whether he needed surgery for a bone spur in his right elbow. In the National Football League, Duke Johnson, who is currently seeking a trade from the Cleveland Browns, has parted ways with his agent, trying to get some more leverage to get out of town. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid has confirmed yet again that Damian Williams will be his full-time running back in the 2019 NFL season. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. As we do each and every weekday, the show is live, 2 to 4. If you can't listen live or you can only listen to a portion of it because you're at work or you got something to do, no need to worry. You can always check it out on demand anytime. Just go to podcast, search for full-time fantasy, hit subscribe, and you'll be good to go and get a notification whenever a new episode is uploaded. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at aron 88 and I know you guys listen. You think, hey, this guy knows this stuff, but I'm better than him. I want to beat him. Well, here's your opportunity. If you're going to be in Vegas at the Palms Hotel for our high-stakes leagues in September, there's a Beat Adam Ronis League. It's an online style, but we do it in person. So you do have to be there in Vegas. It is on September 7th, 3 p.m. Vegas time. So there are six spots left. So if you want to jump in that and beat me and have the bragging rights, you can do it. We did this league last year, and I was able to win. So let's see if you uh, are man enough to step up to the challenge. So uh, if you're going to be in Vegas, or you know what? It's not even too late. You can book your flight now. You go, you know what? I want to experience this. Because really, it is great. And I know you think I'm just saying that because uh, I'm part of the company. But I'm being honest about this. I Try to be as transparent as I can, but, you know, I went to this event for the first time two years ago, and it really is a lot of fun. Just a lot of industry events in fantasy are great. You know, it was great being at the FSGA conference two weeks ago in New York City, you know, seeing people that you don't see that much. Uh, Everyone in this industry is pretty cool. And then, you know, just hang out with the players that we have. You know, I've become friends with a lot of the guys who play in our leagues, you know, just hanging out in Vegas, talking, hanging out. Going out to eat, getting drinks. We went to Top Golf last year with a group. I sucked. I don't know. I'm not a golf person, man. Still on that softball phase. So just never really got into golf and uh, was terrible at it. So maybe I could work on that and get down that golf stroke because right now it's terrible. But uh, it's really a fun event. So I definitely implore you guys. You know, we're less than two months away. So 
you want to get out there. Uh, it's at the Palms first weekend of the NFL season, uh, usually Wednesday through Sunday. It's a really good event. If you want to hop in a draft, uh, you can head over now, play ffwc.com. We got a draft tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern, start our full season league. I also have an online championship, Red vs. Blue Primer. That is tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. So uh, you can uh, get in those drafts. We have best ball formats, online championships, different price points. Uh, so head on over. Drafts going on every day until the start of the season. And we have the information that you need to dominate your leagues as well. Head on over to fulltimefantasy.com. If you use the promo code RONUS50, you get 50% off your first two months. My latest is an article looking at the stock watch for baseball, the all-star edition, looking at three players moving up, three players moving down. Doesn't mean that ends the discussion there. You know, some of the players that are moving down are buy low. Some of the players that are moving up are sell high. So you can check that article out right now. Also have a couple football articles out. A look at Philip Lindsay. Is he overvalued or undervalued? Same question with Dak Prescott. And also championship online championship reviews. People tend to like those recaps as I kind of go through each team, give my thoughts and opinions on the way people built their roster. So it's it's a good piece because it gives you a little bit of strategy, a little gives you a little bit of player analysis. So it just kind of combines a lot of things uh, as well. Uh, my ranking should be out shortly as well. I know people love rankings, and you know I've been getting a lot of questions on that. They will be out. Uh, I've filed them and. Those rankings, I update constantly, so you don't have to worry about it because I know, especially as we get into August, people have different drafts, and they always ask, is it updated? I update it pretty much every day. I'm always going through information as I'm doing my drafts, as I'm doing research. You know, you kind of change your opinions, and there's always players that you have really close, and, you know, your opinion changes on that, so they'll be updated constantly. Dr. Ruddles has his training camp questions, and Sean Childs has Every team, in-depth team profiles, all completed. And if you have any questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums. Let's take a look at some of the latest NFL news. By the way, Mike Florio will join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. He's from Fantrax.com and NFL.com. We'll talk about his fishbowl team. We'll rip it to shreds. Uh, but the big news from yesterday was Josh Jacobs signed a four-year contract. There was a lot of talk that he might hold out and miss training camp. But we really don't see that much anymore with the way the contracts are slotted based on draft positions. So, this uh, has a fifth-year team option, and there were reports that there were some issues there, but they came to an agreement, which is really good news because it gets them there before training camp. And, you know, he's drafted as a RB2, usually, you know, third, fourth round of drafts, and I have not taken him yet. I understand the appeal of him, but uh, I'm just not completely sold to invest a third, fourth-round pick. Uh, again, some of the reports that maybe we might see Jalen Richard early on, uh, I think they did draft Jacobs to be a three-down back. We have seen Gruden in the past use uh, three-down backs, even though there have been some years where he hasn't. But uh, I have not taken him yet. Uh, I do have him slotted in the RB2 range, but he hasn't found his way into my team yet. doesn't mean I won't take him. It just hasn't worked out. Uh, I think people have been taking him a little bit earlier than what I would like. Uh, there were some comments from Todd Gurley He on uh, NFL Network. Uh, Man, it, it, it's, it, he just continues to not give me any confidence. He's like, I'm just like, hey, we're going to find out in training camp. You know, I know it's always been a lot of talk going on this whole offseason. So it's just like, hey, it's the offseason. That's what happens. That's what everything is supposed to be about. Speculation and reporting. Once the season comes, you're going to see what happens. Those comments lead me to believe he's not 100% confident. He doesn't even know. So 
as I've been saying repeatedly, I am not touching Todd Gurley. I mean, people are still taking him early in the second round. I'm not doing it. You're going to invest a, a second-round pick on a guy we're not sure that we didn't see play in the postseason? You think the offseason is going to help? Yeah, okay, he rested. I don't know. This is arthritis in the knee. I'm very concerned. They drafted uh, Daryl Henderson in the third round. I mean, teams, when they draft a running back in the third round, they have big plans for that type of player. So I'm definitely concerned about Todd Gurley this year. I'm not touching him. I'm really not. I don't even think I'd take him early in the third round. He's just someone that I'm not going to take. And if he goes off and has a great year, good. It's not going to cost me a championship. I might say, well, I regret that one. But based on what I know now, not touching Todd Gurley. More football talk ahead. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Talking a lot of football today as, I guess, for a lot of people, once the All-Star break comes, fantasy football season begins. Obviously, we're doing this year-round, have been drafting a lot, but even some people aren't even thinking about fantasy football yet. I think the hardcore people are, but I think like your average office league, people start not into it. So this is the time to take advantage, and this is why you'll dominate them by coming and listening to this show and coming to fulltimefantasy.com. You'll be ahead of the curve. Uh, obviously, training camp's still a couple weeks away, but there are s- some news kind of coming out, and you know, you got to be careful because a lot of times it's all positive. This guy looks great. He's in the best shape of his life, and... Yeah, everyone should be in their best shape of their life now. So you got to be careful with that. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo coming off an injury plague season, you know, there was so much hype for him last year. And he was going as a top 12 quarterback. And I thought he was being overvalued. Uh, I don't think I don't think I had him in any league last year. Uh, we see it every year. There's going to be some quarterbacks that just get overvalued. And it is a position that I wait on. And I always do. In fact, actually, I... I couldn't believe this. I'm doing a best ball draft now in round nine, and Baker Mayfield was there. So uh, I took him uh, because I figure I might not get any Baker Mayfield this year since he's generally the fifth, sixth quarterback off the board. uh, And some quarterbacks that I didn't expect to see go ahead of him did. So I took him there. But And that's a best ball. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to take two quarterbacks for the most part. But especially in the Fantasy Football World Championships. We've gone over drafts before, and you can check the draft recaps for a draft board. To get an example, maybe you're new to the high-stakes leagues and you want to jump in. Before you do, you know, look at a couple of drafts. See what people are doing. You know, see if you can. You know, sometimes we don't have all the names up there because, you know, to, to protect people and, and how many leagues they play. In. Uh, but we've had participants on this show. You can check a lot of those shows on demand. You want to see what the successful people are doing. Look at the blueprint. Okay, why this guy continuously wins or woman, what are they doing? What are they doing? And and kind of follow that to get an idea and see what the strategy is. And wing on quarterbacks is the way to go in pretty much all leagues. 
and especially in the fantasy football world championships. And part of that is we have the extra flex spot. We start one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, two flex spots. So that's definitely going to put the quarterbacks down a little bit further. And Garoppolo last year was going very high. Now, because he got hurt last year and the quarterback position is so deep, he's going real late. So, you know, he's generally, you know, the 18th to 22nd quarterback off the board. And, you know, taking two quarterbacks for me depends on the league format. If it's 16-round draft, I'm taking one, especially if I'm doing the draft now and I have waivers at the beginning of the year. And I explain that uh, in my write-ups, like, for example, the FSGA Fantasy Football League draft, which was two weeks ago now. That one was 14 teams, and there were still a ton of people taking backups. I did not because I know a lot of those backups are going to be dropped, and I'd rather have a couple of running back stashes now in case that running back in front of them gets injured. Now I have them on my roster. So I don't see the need to take two quarterbacks in a 16-round draft. Now, in our style, the Fantasy Football World Championships, where we have 20 rounds, I'll take a second quarterback. So, for example, last year, in that beat Adam Ronis Online Championship League that we did in Vegas, I got Stafford and Mahomes in rounds 13 and 15. I mean... That's that's how crazy it was, and obviously Mahomes was my starter every single week. So I'm going to do that. Uh, but in a 16-round draft, I just can't take two quarterbacks, especially when you're doing your draft now. And could it burn you? Sure. But people just like the safety of having two quarterbacks on their team, and I don't see the need to do it. 18-round draft, maybe. 16-round draft, I'm not doing it. But Garoppolo, I think, could have a good year. We did see a glimpse of him in this offense, uh, considering all the injuries they had last year. It was pretty productive, and going into the year, at least, you know, they have a, a host of running backs: Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, uh, Matt Breida, and some good receivers as well with Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel. They drafted and George Kittle, so this is shaping up that it could be a good offense. So Garoppolo, I'm fine with as my QB two. If I really wait on that second one, you know, there is definitely some better QB twos that I like. But I'm fine, especially here in the fishbowl, which we'll talk about in a minute. I would have been fine with him as my QB2 had it worked out. Um, but, you know, I was in a position picking number two where I really couldn't wait, and I had to make that decision what I want to do. Uh, but I would have been fine uh, with Garoppolo as my number two. He actually went in mine as the 20th quarterback off the board um, in round seven. Again, this is a league where you can flex a quarterback. So, uh, But he went ahead of Josh Allen. He went ahead of Tom Brady and Sam Darnold. So it's probably the right spot for him there, and that could work out, and I would have been fine uh, taking him as my QB2 had I waited that long. Have no problem with that. I expect him to be pretty good. Uh, Cortland Sutton, there's reports that he could be the team's number one receiver based on his offseason work with Joe Flacco. That's according to Mike Kliss of 9news.com. He disappointed some people down the stretch last year. I liked him a lot. Uh, obviously, when Emmanuel Sanders went down, I thought he would go off. Um uh, and he really did not, uh, but, you know, he was a rookie receiver last year, and he's a big receiver, so he, he's got the size, he's got the speed. The Broncos, obviously, I, I think they really want to run the football a lot. I don't think they want to put the ball in the hands of Flocker very much, so his ADP is pretty fair right now. He's generally in that 40 to 45 range of receivers, um, and I'm fine taking him. I do like Deshaun Hamilton as well. I don't like Emmanuel Sanders, man. I'm just worried about him coming off this Achilles injury. I know they're saying that he might be ready for the start of the season, but uh, definitely some concern for me is the 32-year-old receiver coming off that type of injury. So um, I'm not taking him uh, in my drafts uh, this year. 
Uh, I'd rather take uh, Sutton or Deshaun Hamilton. I took Deshaun Hamilton. I think it was round 12 or 13 of the FSGA. That's a full point PPR format. Uh, in this league, Cortland Sutton went as the wide receiver 35 in round nine in the fishbowl ahead of uh, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Shepard. I'd probably take those guys over him, uh, but definitely see the intrigue there. It's really the offense that you're worried about with Denver and Flacco at quarterback. Let's talk a little bit more about that fishbowl league and some of the decisions that I had to make. So we've talked about it a lot this week. Uh, I've been picking in the two spot. There's a 12-team league, and you're also not only playing to win your league, but you're fighting for an overall with 1,200 people in this league, and it's a unique scoring format. So before you listen and be like, what are you doing? Uh, we start one quarterback, two running backs, uh, three receivers, one tight end, and four flex spots. One of the flex spots could be a quarterback. There's no kicker, no defense, and it's a 22-round draft. So at the two spot, it took Christian McCaffrey since Travis Kelsey went number one. And I see Kelsey being a huge difference maker in this league, especially if Tyreek Hill does get suspended for four games. But I would not do it. I mean, the value of these top four running backs is enormous because you get bonuses for every 50 yards rushing and 50 yards receiving. So while Kelsey does stand out among the tight ends, uh, he's not getting a 50-yard rushing bonus. I can pretty much say McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, and Kamara have a really good shot every single week of getting potentially both. And that's why they're so valuable. So... Uh, I was actually pretty happy to to get a top four pick in this one. Now, if you look at the total points for last year, Kelsey was sixth overall. And those running backs were all, well, McCaffrey was ahead of him, Gurley, Zeke, Barkley. Kamara was just behind. But he also, he had Ingram in the mix. And I still think Latarius Murray plays big mix. But I don't see how you could take Kelsey number one overall in this. If you want to take him at five overall, which a lot of people have done, I understand that because if he does what he did last year and maybe improves slightly, and remember that includes a game in week one, Kelsey had 1.6 points in this format, but the tight ends get an extra half point per first down, an extra half point per reception as you do get a half point first down in this. But uh, to me, you got to take that top four running back in this format. Uh, taking Kelsey at five, I'm fine with, but one, uh, I don't think so. So that certainly uh, was a little weird in this format to see Kelsey go one. And the team at five had to be pretty happy because they wound up getting uh, a great a running back at pick five. And uh, they probably did not expect that. Talk a little bit more about my strategy and how I built my team, where I'm at here in this fishbowl. When we continue, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Thank you. 
You're listening to Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Texans minus three and they cover the spread by seven points, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only, Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. And tonight's like one of the slowest nights in sports, man. Nothing much going on. Uh, I know they got the ESPYs, but no one really cares about that. There's no baseball tonight. I'm assuming there's some summer league basketball tonight. Uh, I don't even know if there's WNBA. But, yeah, this is one of the slowest days in sports. And even baseball tomorrow, we only have one game. Going tomorrow, I believe it's the Astros and the Rangers. I guess there's Wimbledon, uh, but I think that's really on now. But not much going on tonight. I guess there is some NBA Summer League basketball, so that's not bad. If you're a big basketball fan, getting to see some of these rookies does suck that uh, Zion Williamson shut down. But it also gives you an opportunity here to do some fantasy football drafts, some research. So if you want to draft tonight, it's a good night. Head on over. Play FFWC.com. Hop in a draft. And uh, get your football research started if you haven't already. Obviously, we've been doing a ton of it here and drafting a ton. Uh, have Michael Florio from Fantrax.com coming up in the next segment. Uh, but taking a look here at my fishbowl team, which we've been talking about a lot. Uh, a lot of people in the industry are doing it. You've probably seen it if you've been on Twitter, hashtag SFB9. A lot of people talking about their team. Uh, so number two, Christian McCaffrey is who I took with my pick. Uh, it's real close for me between him, Barkley, and Zeke. Uh, in this format, though, I just feel like McCaffrey has the better opportunity each week to get 50 yards rushing, 50 yards receiving to hit that bonus. You know, uh, I do expect a huge year from Zeke. You know, he's not being suspended. Uh, and last year, the touchdowns weren't there for Zeke, which was surprising. Like, Zeke should be easy bet for double-digit touchdowns. And part of it is Dak Prescott does take away some touchdowns. He has six rushing touchdowns in each of his last, first three years in the league, and he's had 30 attempts inside the 10-yard line over the last three years. Only Cam Newton with 33 has more. But I expect this offense to be better. They really stalled in the red zone last year. Travis Frederick was out. Their star center missed a whole year. So they get him back, and the line is improved. You know, because this was one of the best offensive lines, you know, over the last couple of years. Last year, Dak Prescott got sacked a lot. He got sacked, I think it was 56 times. He got sacked a combined 57 in his first two years. So the line wasn't great. And also, Amari Cooper wasn't there for the first half of the year. Uh, I wrote in my article uh, about Dak Prescott, which you can check on fulltimefantasy.com right now. You know, broke it down. His numbers just went way up with Amari Cooper. It's going to help the offense. Kellen Moore comes in as well. And... There's talk that he could be a little bit more aggressive because the Cowboys offense, I'm a Cowboys fan for people who don't know, and just constantly complain about it because this team should be better. Uh, they move the ball so easily, and then they just would buckle and stall in the red zone. So 
a change in offensive coordinator could, could help to get a little bit more creativity, a full year of Cooper, second year of Gallup. So I think Zeke has a huge year. And let's not forget, people, I still hear people say this, oh, Zeke can't catch football. Guys, look at the stats. 77 receptions last year. And you might say, well, that's not repeatable. They played from behind a little bit more. The point is, they did feed him the football more. And, uh, yeah, he had one game where he had 12 receptions. That was against the Eagles. But there were a lot of games. He had five, six receptions. So, looking at the 50-yard receiving bonus last year, Zeke hit that uh, five times. So, that that's why I just gave McCaffrey a little bit of an edge in this format. I just think he can get to that mark more. And let's see. Last year, he did it. Nine times. So, you see, he almost doubled him there. Uh, and 50 yards rushing, even though McCaffrey doesn't get as many carries as he. McCaffrey had 215 carries last year, or 219. Uh, he didn't. He barely played in Week 17. He had 219, uh, and Zeke obviously is going to get over 300. But 50 yards rushing, McCaffrey did that uh, 11 times. So... I just feel like that's the difference. I think he has a better shot of getting that bonus, and that's where I gave uh, the tiebreaker to McCaffrey. Uh, Barkley, I think there will be games where he doesn't get to 50 rushing yards because of this offense, and obviously he's going to play a big role in the passing game. So that's why I went McCaffrey. As I mentioned uh, in drafts, I'm not reaching for running backs. Uh, a lot of people are, are doing it. They panic. There's Never panic in a draft and don't reach. If people are presenting value to you, take it. So – Especially if I'm picking on the top four and I get one of those elite running backs, I'm really not worried about my RB2. Just not because you only have to start a maximum of two running backs. So I got one locked in every week as long as he doesn't get injured. So I waited a long time here. Juju Smith-Schuster in round two is the sixth receiver off the board. Antonio Brown in round three is the eighth receiver off the board. Julian Edelman in round four is the 17th receiver off the board. So uh, a lot of guys that are going to get a, a ton of targets in their offense – now, round five is kind of where I had to make this tough decision, where I kind of wrestled with it. I think the others were pretty pretty easy for me when I was on the clock. Like, it wasn't really much thought. Round five is kind of where I had to debate. You know, I could have went with another receiver. I already had three, you know, uh, and, and it looked like in this league, people weren't really valuing the receivers. They were jumping on the running backs, uh, and I went in the opposite direction. So, you know, I could have went with another receiver and give me – uh, powerhouse receiving core, but, but uh, five tight ends were off the board, and I just felt like, okay, after Hunter Henry, there's a drop-off, and yes, Henry's coming off for torn ACL, but you know, on a per-play basis, when Henry has been healthy, he's been tremendous, so I decided to take him thinking, okay, there's still going to be some good receivers later on because people in this league are devaluing them, and as I talked about earlier, look at that Chargers depth chart. I mean, at wide receiver, they don't have much. Phillip Rivers loves throwing to the tight end. We've seen that over the years. And Hunter Henry really could have a breakout season. I know we've kind of been waiting for it. And we've talked about it for a long time. But Antonio Gates was in the picture. And that's always kind of held him back where he hasn't gotten that target volume. But Henry's a really good player. And I, I think this is the year he has a potential breakout. You know, he could catch 70, 75 passes in this offense and score 8 to 10 touchdowns. I mean, you got Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, and Mike Williams. The rest of the receivers, Dylan Cantrell, Artavis Scott, Jeremy Davis, there's just not a lot there. I mean, I think the volume of targets is really going to be concentrated among Williams, Allen, and Henry, in addition to the running backs, which is 
a really good thing for fantasy. That's what we want. We just have too many situations where we don't know where the ball is going. And we have very few teams where, okay, it's these guys. And that's what we want. So I went with Henry because I think he could potentially have a breakout year. You know, I thought about Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, who I love, man. I mean, Chris Godwin, 20th receiver in this league. I've seen other leagues where people got him as a 28th, 29th receiver with the bar that's a steal. This guy's going to go off this year. So that's what I thought about uh, with those two guys. And they went with the next two picks. Uh, hopefully it works out. Then, uh, as I've said before, you have to read the draft room. And in this league, they were waiting on quarterbacks, especially comparative to other leagues, some other draft boards I've seen where people have uh, seen the quarterbacks fly off the board. So there are only nine quarterbacks through five rounds. Uh, and I think that's a little on the extreme side. But I was happy with it. And picking at the two spot, you kind of have to make that decision on when you're going to jump in. So round six is where the run started. We saw four straight quarterbacks go. Then two more so there were 15 quarterbacks off the board and I didn't have one so I went with Lamar Jackson uh, as the QB 16 off the board and there's a little bit of risk with him because he doesn't put past the ball much but I looked at his scores in this format last year once he became a starter and it was a steady 25 to 30 now a lot of it is due to the running Uh, will he continue to run? I think so. Of course, there's the risk of injury, taking a lot of hits if he continues to run at that pace. He had 127 attempts last year. He didn't even start the whole year. Since when he became a starter, these were his attempts. 26, 11, 17, 14, 18, and 13 from weeks 11 through 16. So that's a lot. He was very effective, and he just needs to improve a little bit as a passer. So I like the setup for him in this format. Then I came back, and I was QB 18, Jamison Winston, and he is a little bit of a risk in this format because it's minus four points for an interception. But uh, he did have some big games. I think he's going to hit 300 yards a lot. So it is a little bit of a risk in this format. You know, I thought about Trubisky. He went a couple picks later. But you know what? I'm swinging for the fences, and uh, I'm going to hope Winston can produce. Uh, round eight took Rashad Penny as my second running back and the 33rd off the board. I think Penny has a chance to be the main back for Seattle. Remember, they drafted him pretty high as a rookie. Uh, they were worried. he wasn't in great shape early on, uh, but when he got the opportunity, he really looked good. Now I think Chris Carson obviously is still going to be in the mix. Carson's good himself, but I think we could see a lot more Penny. And keep in mind too, Seattle can have enough room for two running backs. They run the ball that much. You know, Mike Davis was in the picture last year; he's gone. So I think Penny plays a, a big role in this offense this year, and I'm fine getting him in round eight, nine. I also took him in the FSGA league as well. Then round nine took Mike Williams as the 32nd receiver off the board. As you know, we were all in on Mike Williams last year. Uh, he went so high in our high-stakes leagues, and he came through. I mean, it was a very up-and-down season, but you can expect that as a rookie. But he had 10 touchdowns, and it's going to be tough to duplicate that because he did it on so few targets. But this guy's a stud, 6'4", 220, gets down the field. Uh, he had that big Week 15 game where he had three total touchdowns, seven for 76 so there were games where he was quiet, but as I mentioned, the depth chart has changed, and I think Williams plays a bigger role as he acclimates to this offense in his second year. So I'm expecting big things from Mike Williams, and I was very thrilled to get him as my fourth wide receiver in this draft. When we return, I'll be joined by Mike Florio of Fantrax.com and NFL.com. We'll talk about his draft in the fishbowl. That is ahead right here. You're listening to Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey! 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Joining me now, he abandoned New York, went to the West Coast. It is Mike Florio from Fantrax.com, NFL.com. Mike, what's up? What's up, Ronis? I would never abandon New York. Uh, I'm actually going to be back in New York later this month, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, And I'm also looking forward to talking some football with you. Yeah, what are you coming back for? Uh, Friends family, stuff like that. Okay, sounds good. Uh, hopefully uh, I'll get to see you. Uh, if Definitely. Not, oh, well, too bad. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's uh, talk about your fishbowl team. And, you know, it goes to show how different leagues can be because your draft board looks a lot different from mine. And, you know, which is why I always tell people, you know, I get a lot of questions. I'm sure you do, too. Like, oh, I plan to take this guy in round one and then receiver in round two, running back in round three. I don't think you can do that because you never know what the draft is going to throw you. And obviously, the, the fishbowl is a different format. I've talked about the format, the scoring. Uh, but you had pick five in this one and wed David Johnson. Uh, Travis Kelsey has often gone five there. He actually went first overall in my league. Did you consider Travis Kelsey or was David Johnson an easy pick for you at five? I was hoping that one of the top four grabbed Travis Kelsey and then one of those, those big four backs fell to me. But if not, my plan was always uh, David Johnson. I think David Johnson at the five spot has the most upside of anyone. Uh, I think with Cliff Kingsbury offense, uh, he, the one thing we know he is going to do is it's going to be a high-volume offense. In college, he was always amongst the leaders in plays per game. So I expect a ton of volume to go David Johnson's way. I think he has the highest upside. Uh, Melvin Gordon was another one I considered, but a little bit of an injury risk there. Uh, and Kelsey really wasn't in my plan this year. I'm a firm believer that there's 10, maybe 12 workhorse running backs in the NFL guys who are going to touch the ball, you know, 20 times a week. And I want one of those running backs on my team. So in basically all my drafts, I'm taking an RB in the first round. So David Johnson, when I knew I had five, if none of the other four fell to me, it was David Johnson. Not surprised. You've always told me you love Johnson, so uh, I guess it makes <laughs> sense that you would take him. But no, I, I would also take him at the five spot uh, in drafts that I had. I, I would think about Kelsey in this format, but I don't know if I would have done it. Uh, round two, you came back and took Mike Evans as the seventh receiver off the board. Uh, you had running backs on the board like Connor, Gurley, Chubb. Uh, was this an easy call for you as well? I mean, Evans obviously gets a, a good amount of targets uh, in an offense that's going to be pass-heavy. So uh, what was the thought there in taking Evans? Yeah, I wanted to grab a, a top receiver there as well to pair with uh, David Johnson. Again, a lot like you say, a lot depends on who falls, but uh, it was there was a receiver run before me. I didn't want to get help miss out on that and go in a different direction, take another running back or quarterback. So with Mike Evans being there, I think you hit the nail on the head to what you were saying. A ton of targets are going to go his way every week. We know that. We know that the guy is going to give us 1,000 yards every year. He's going to give us, for the most part, you know, 
a good I, – I trust the touchdowns. And last year I think was his best year yet. And now he is Bruce Arians coming in in his new offense. I'm pretty excited on uh, Mike Evans this year, and he's a player that I will have on a lot of my teams I envision. Then in round three, he took Damian Williams. I think people are pretty split on him. Some people feel, hey, he did it last year. It's the Chiefs' offense. He'll do it again. He's going to get the opportunity. Other feel maybe Carlos Hyde cuts into his workload. He's 27 years old. Can he do it over a full season? Uh, you got him as the RB13. So was this a case of good value, or are you high on Damian Williams? Uh, a mix of both. Uh, I do really like Damian Williams. I have an article uh, actually going to be coming out tomorrow on fan tracks about him. And my reasoning for liking Damian Williams so much has not doesn't really have a whole lot to do with Damian Williams, the player. But the Chiefs running backs last year were off the charts efficient in the passing game. They weren't even in the top 20 in targets uh, as a team of running backs, but they were top five in yards and led the league in receiving touchdowns. Why? Because that offense is so uh, dangerous, especially down the field with Kelsey and Hill, and now they got Hardman, that it opens up so much around the line of scrimmage. As long as Damian Williams catch the ball and turn and run in space, I think he'll have uh, he'll be fine. And the argument I hear against him is, oh, he's never done it. Can he shoulder the workload? Well, from week 15 on, he did shoulder the workload, and he did do it, and he averaged 25 PPR points per game. The only other running back to do that over the course of the season last year was Todd Gurley. So I'm not really buying into uh, Damian Williams, the player per se, as much as I am the lead back on one of the best offenses in football in an Andy Reid system who likes to use a featured back and constantly throughout Andy Reid's career has provided great running backs for fantasy football. And just yesterday, he said that Damian Williams was going to be this team's lead back. So – the opportunity is going to be there unless Damian Williams gets hurt or, you know, he can't really do much in space. I'm not too concerned about him. I think Damian Williams is a great pick in fantasy football this year. What I gather from that response is you believe anything that people say. So if I tell you that I have a job for you tomorrow that you're going to make a million dollars a year, you're going to believe me. Uh, I'm not. No, but Andy, I, I think everything we has pointed to the Chiefs believing that Damian Williams is their lead back. Like, they brought in Carlos Hyde, who I know is a, a big name in fantasy, but Carlos Hyde has been pretty bad the last, uh, at least efficiency-wise, the last couple years. Plus, outside of that one year with the Niners, he really has never showcased as a pass-catching back. I, I, and they've invested more money into Damian Williams. I just think everything points to Damian Williams being this team's lead back. Talking to Michael Florio, Fantrax.com. Round four, you took Hunter Henry as the fifth tight end off the board. I took him at 5-2, and it was kind of a decision I wrestled with. So give me your thoughts on Henry. You obviously are higher on him, and why did you take him there? Uh, and was there anyone else that you considered in that spot? Yeah, that is the one pick that if I could have back, I would probably redo it. I, I I think in retrospect, I should have taken Aaron Jones. Uh, the fact that he was still there late fourth round and I think is going to be the lead back on a Green Bay offense that is going to be very dangerous. I, I probably would have switched it up. But the reason I took Hunter Henry was because I saw O.J. Howard go off the board in round four. And those are two of my big tight end targets this year. I like to sit in that second tier. Typically, I'm not going to be the guy taking Travis Kelsey early, like late round one, early round two. I only have, like, one share of Kittle, none of Ertz so far in early drafts. So I've really just been living in my Tier 2, and that my Tier 2 consists of 
Henry Ingram and OJ Howard. And seeing OJ Howard go off the board, I decided I didn't want to miss out on one of these tight ends, especially in this league where there is a tight end premium. So I pulled the trigger on Hunter Henry. Evan Ingram went uh, two picks, three picks after me, I believe. So that my top six tight ends were all off the board in round four, not wanting to miss out on one. I, I feel okay doing it, but I think that if I would have taken Aaron Jones there, there's a chance I could have got one of Henry or Ingram in round five. I don't think you would have. I mean, Ingram was off the board, so, I mean, I guess there's a shot, but you don't know that at the time. I, I don't know. I just – I was talking about this. You look at that Chargers depth chart, it's a concentrated pool of targets. They, they're third and fourth receivers. No one knows who they are, and Travis Benjamin is the two. To me, all those targets are going to Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, and the running backs, which is good. And Rivers constantly looks for the tight end, especially in the red zone. Keenan Allen's not a guy that's going to get a lot of touchdowns. We know that. He's based on volume. So a lot of those touchdowns are going to Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. I think Henry has a shot to score 8 to 10 touchdowns and catch 70 passes in this offense. I agree. And I actually I think Hunter Henry and Mike Williams could finish with very similar numbers. And I'd much rather have it from the tight end position, obviously. So... I, I'm very bullish on Hunter Henry. He is this year, really this year, if I, going into all my drafts, I'm looking to get O.J. Howard as my tight end, and if I miss out on him, Hunter Henry is my, my sidestep. Like, I have both of those guys in almost every league. Or yeah, at least one it, of them, I mean. It seems like you just steal my style. I took O.J. Howard in the FSGA. I took Hunter Henry in this one. We're way ahead of you. It's all right. I'm like the blueprint for you. It'll work out well. So uh, We'll see. You also took a quarterback I have in round five. Now, Jameis Winston as your one, as as the QB 12. I think in, like, I took Winston in the FSGA. That was a 14-team league. I think in a typical format, there's tremendous upside. I do think there's a little downside in this format. There's minus four for an interception, minus two for a pick six. But I looked at his game log and his average points per game. He was still in the lower half for quarterbacks. But I also think he's going to hit that 300 passing yard barrier where you get the five-point bonus quite often. And I'm hoping with Bruce Arians, maybe he becomes a better decision maker. I know it's kind of innate, and it's in Winston to force things and turn it over. There was one play last year. He was being brought down at the 25. He was basically halfway between being straight up and to the ground. And he just threw the pass up. And I'm like, dude, hold on to the ball, and you get a field goal. I'm hoping Arians gets in his head, and it's a big year for him. But there is risk for him in this format because of the turnover uh, penalty. There, are, there is. There definitely is. But I also I took a similar viewpoint as you. I, I looked at it as the upside there is also immense because with Bruce Arians, let me say, and the Bucks' defense last year was atrocious. Whether it was Winston or Fitzpatrick, it felt like these guys had to throw 300 yards, four touchdowns to stay in the game, you know. And I really love the weapons around that Winston has. I love O.J. Howard, like I said, I love Chris Godwin. I'm very bullish on Mike Evans. So I was looking at it as I also don't love their running game at all. I don't think anyone does. I expect them to have to pass the ball pretty often. And because of that and the video game bonuses, I decided to chase the upside there. And there are some players that I had ranked ahead of Jameis Winston that I actually took him over because I think his upside in this format is a little higher, one of which was the quarterback that I got later on in Jared Goff. Yeah, and, you know, you look at the game log for Winston for the scoring in this four-bat last year. Now, obviously, the game where he had the four picks, 1.84. Obviously, that's a week that kills you, but he had 40.7, 30.1. You 
even in a week where he had 199 and two touchdowns where you expect better, one interception, 18 and a half, 32.3, 27.6, 22.7. So uh, for the most part, I mean, even with the interceptions, I just think the passing yards and the potential improvement with Arians and all the tar. I mean, Godwin, O.J. Howard, and Mike Evans is just a, a killer wide receiving core. So uh, I know there's risk there, but I got Winston as the 18th quarterback off the board in mine. So I think people in my league – kind of looked at that risk a little bit more. Actually, she paired Lamar Jackson and Winston together uh, in round six and seven. So uh, hoping it works out. You're actually on the clock right now, man. So after you took Winston and Goff, you got Cooper Cup and Robbie Anderson. So I don't want to put the pressure on you, but do you know where you're going here with this pick? I, who, I, last I saw I was on, oh, Alshon Jeffrey went. So I think I'm going to take my third running back here. I haven't taken a running back in a while. And, uh, I know you do have Chris Carson. He was one name that I, I had looked at as well. But he went up the board. So I think here, again, it's a little risky, but I'm thinking I'm going to pull a, pull a trigger and take Darius Geis. Uh, again, in a league with this many people, you need to chase that upside. I'm not playing just to try to, you know, have a competitive team. So I think Darius Geis of the running backs left has the highest ceiling. What do you think? First of all, you know, he's coming off the torn ACL, and they did sign Adrian Peterson. and. Look, I was wrong on Peterson last year. I doubted him. I was I had him ranked low. And whenever I got questions on him, it was like, nah. And even the, the, the thing about Peterson last year is the matchups that you expect him to do well, he did it. And the tough matchups, he went off. So, look, I loved Geist last year. And I drafted him in a lot of best ball formats before the injury. But I, I do have my concerns for him this year. No, I think those, those concerns are warranted and... There's a reason why he's going towards, like, you know, just barely inside the top 30 running backs. Or so I don't have the draft board in front of me. I don't know if I draft him here what RB number he would be in this 29. draft. But 29. 29. He, in mine, he went as the – where the hell is he? I know he went for sure. Uh, he went as RB 21 in mine. Yeah, see, like – that's surprising to me, but I was there's a, the risk is the reason why he's barely a top thirty RB. I think if he was healthy and we knew he'd all have the job, like like at this time last year, well maybe a little bit later at this time last year. But Darius Geis before he got hurt was, if I'm remembering correctly, like a fourth round pick. So I think you're getting that injury discount and that AP discount tied in. But I don't worry about Adrian Peterson because they didn't invest a whole lot of money into him. I think he's more a depth piece there, maybe early on in the year, split some work with Darius Geis. But I think if Geis is healthy and, and back to form and he doesn't, you know, lose a step from that injury, I think that he'll run away with this job. I don't think they're going to sit a young player that they invested a, a pretty high draft pick in for an aging, out, you know, soon going to be out of the league, Adrian Peterson. What other, I mean, is there running back definitely the spot you want to go or is there a receiver or, that you're considering? Uh, I think because, I mean, there's also Tevin Coleman was the other running back I was considering. There's the pass-catching guys like Cohen and White, but I like a I, – I want a better all-around running back right here. Uh, I That's the way I was looking at going, but I haven't fully looked at the receivers yet either. Yeah, the only receivers looking at the players available now, like I like – yeah, I mean, there's, Will Fuller is one name I like a lot. I'm lower on Corey Davis than most, I think, and he's still available out there. But I just – I can't do the Corey Davis thing again. 
Yeah, I love the talent, and I had him last year. I was high on him. It's really the offense, too, that kind of sucks. But I definitely like the talent, but uh, he hasn't landed on any of my teams yet. Uh, People are complaining because you've taken two minutes off the clock, so hopefully you can make that (laughs) pick. No, my my draft has gone pretty smooth, man, I got to say. I mean, we are in round 11 right now, and I see there are some leagues, like I think Sussman replied to me, said they're still in round five, man. That's – yeah, like I don't – on Monday when it started, you know, I was flying back and stuff. I was making sure to keep checking and, and making sure to know when I was on the clock and stuff. The people who like two or three minutes into you being on the clock are like, hey, just letting you know you're on the clock. I'm like, all right, you guys yeah, need right. to relax a bit. But if I was in round five today, I'd be, I wouldn't be too happy. Yeah, I think in round one of this draft when it started, it should have gone quick. Like, there's no excuse for being two, three, four hours on the clock on Monday when you knew the draft was starting. You should know who you want in the first round. After that, I mean, I'm fine with it. I mean, people complain all the time. It's a slow draft. I mean, most of us are going to get this done in two weeks. Is there really a rush to get it done? So I don't complain. I mean, I don't want to be the one to hold it up. I think there was one time I was on air and, you know, I wanted to. It's tough when you're on air solo. You know, I kind of want to sit there and look at things. I don't want to make a rash decision on a pick. So that was the one time I kind of held it up. But for the most part, I've been picking pretty quick. You know, I've had, I'm up pretty late. So. I was able to make two picks late the last two nights because I was awake. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's no need to, to complain about it, but that people do anyway. To me, I think the only time I would complain is if it was the same person all the time holding it up because then it's like, all right, like go to the bathroom or something, get your pick in. You know, like, around when you're going to be up. At least you should. But, yeah, I agree with you. Day, round one. Even round two, maybe when people are really excited about it on Twitter, I get it if you want it to go quick. But do you like? Do you really want this to end in like four days, and then everyone else is still tweeting about it, and you're just sitting out that your draft is over with? Like, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I think you know the first early rounds make it quick, but after that, people have lives to slow drafts for a reason. Like, you'll get to it when you get to it. So, did you have a set strategy coming in that you wanted to do? In this league, uh, knowing the format and the scoring system, did you have like a kind of set pre-determined uh, strategy going in? The only idea I had was in pick five would be a running back. After that, I knew a lot of it was going to be reading the room because, like me and you were talking before we came on in this segment, and your draft is 100% different than mine. Each one of these drafts is going to be completely different. And it's the beauty of the scoring here because – tight end premium, super flex, all the like quarterbacks are going to get pushed up the board. Tight ends are going to get pushed up the board. So it just makes the drafts unpredictable. So no, outside of the first pick, I was more, I knew like, Hey, I'm not going to wait too late on quarterback. I'm not going to want to get, I ideally want one of my top six tight ends. But outside of that, I didn't really have a plan. Like, Oh, in this round, I'm going to take a tight end. And then like, I don't think you could plan it for a draft like this. You guys in your draft have 26 running backs through seven rounds. We're in round 11, 26 running backs are gone. Uh, 26 quarterbacks are gone. So that's the difference, you know, and I've always said to people, they probably get tired of hearing it. You got to read the draft room when it comes to Superflex, see what people are doing, and then go with that flow. Because uh, if I tell you, hey, take two quarterbacks in the first four rounds and the draft room goes elsewhere, then you're screwed up. So... It is important to, to kind of read the draft room. But uh, always good talking to you, man, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, definitely. I'll let you know when I'm going to be in New York. Definitely. All right, that's Michael Florida. Check him out, Fantrax.com, NFL.com. 
You can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Got the stock watch up for baseball and a ton of football articles, including one at a look at Dak Prescott, Philip Lindsay. Head on over, playffwc.com. Hop in a draft today. I'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.